Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host, usually most weeks on this program, is Pastor Gary Walton. Pastor's off-island this week, and so I'll be joined by Pastor Ken Keith today. Now, as always on Harvest Time, we get the opportunity to talk to people from Harvest Baptist Church, interview them about their testimonies, about their ministry at the church, sometimes talking to other friends of the ministry. And at this time, we always invite you to join us during our Sunday morning worship service at Harvest, which we'll focus on for a few minutes this morning. We'll be talking about lessons from King Manasseh in the Old Testament. So I want to start today by welcoming Pastor Ken Keith to the program. Good to be here. We always start the program by talking about Sunday morning, and you'll be preaching our Sunday morning service. And you mentioned when you came in that you don't hear too many sermons on King Manasseh. And I tried to think about whether I'd ever done anything on King Manasseh. I don't believe I have. What made you think of that? King Manasseh is actually one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. And not because of uh, how great a king he was. We're going to find out real quick. He's actually the worst king to ever be on the throne for Judah. And so it's going to be a great little study. And I don't want to let you know exactly where I'm going with it quite yet because it surprises people often. We we often leave it at worst king ever, and um, we don't go on to the what we're going to read in Chronicles. So we're going to be based out of 2 Kings, and then we're going to go over to Second Chronicles, which not everyone knows. They're, they're written about some of the same events, actually. But though the author of Kings had a purpose of explaining to those who are sitting in exile why they're there, what, what brought them to this point. And you look in Chronicles, it tells some of the same stories, but from the perspective of the hope that actually is for those who turn away from their sin in humility and turn to God and how God pours out his grace, which is some people, again, think that grace is not existent in the Old Testament. They think that's a New Testament after Jesus. But you actually see grace throughout the Old Testament. This is going to be one of those vivid, and I might argue most vivid pictures we'll see in the Old Testament of God's grace being poured out on an individual in Manasseh. So it's really a story of hope. Now, there are going to be some, some opportunities for us to look at what are some of these things in our lives that can come up in sin and how we respond poorly to them and, and what effect that has in looking at Manasseh's life and, and how the story is told of Manasseh. But hopefully we'll walk away with, a, with hope and, and God's grace and hopefully thankfulness. That's kind of where I went with this. I'm like, what are some of the things we're thankful of in the Scripture and uh, God's grace is definitely one of them. And so, like I said, I mean, I've, I've talked about Manasseh here and there in different environments I've been in. I did it a Sunday night like four or five years ago. I've mentioned it to the youth here and there. But I'm excited to go back and dive back and study through this and, and just talk about what we see in God's nature and God's desire to show grace to the humble. We're just wrapping up uh, 14 weeks in a series in our Adult Bible Fellowship called Lessons from Israel. And what you find when you go through the history of Israel is you find these examples of wonderful victories, and you also find these examples of really terrible, evil actions by, many times it's by people like Manasseh, yep. but, but it's also by people God 
has wonderful things to say about in his word, like someone like David. And you really learn a lot from either one of those stories because it's, that's life. Yep. That's life. It is. And, and what's interesting with this is, um, you know, the King Mm -hmm. is supposed to be the one leading them, uh, spiritually. He's, he's supposed to be a spiritual leader. He's supposed to actually write the law out according to Deuteronomy. When he comes into that position, he is supposed to write his own handwritten copy of the law. And this is supposed to be what he is leading and what's leading him and what he's leading Israel as a whole in. And this is a man who should have been a leader, but in fact, he turns the heart of a nation. And we're going to look at that a, a little bit and how the impact of one man's sin actually impacted a nation and in a very negative way. And so, but you do, you see it throughout. And the awesome thing about it is, I mean, we're, we're sitting in this, this day of grace with, with Jesus Christ, who has come as a perfect king, and we have a perfect example and one who is leading us and has led us and will return back and lead us. So that's, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get into that. That's super exciting, though, if you kind of carry on this theme of, of the king uh, and, and look at all of that. I doubt I'll get to that point in there, but it is neat how we look at this is the king, uh, the perfect king has come finally. We've seen even the best kings, the David, the Solomon, the Josiahs, who come into the picture still are falling short and are incapable of of doing what Jesus Christ did and is doing in us today and will do in the future. This time of year, we talk about this a lot because when you see the announcement of Jesus' birth, you say even the the angel Gabriel says to Mary, he will sit on his on the throne of his father David, yep. and he'll be the rightful king of Israel. And and we connected that in our in our Israel series too. So, yeah. uh, it's a it's an awesome study. We we often um, I know I often I like to to live in the New Testament is kind of because it's more yeah. applicable sure. to us, but. I mean, the Bible tells us that all Scripture is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. It's all profitable. And as we study the Old Testament and these narratives, as we dig into them, we find ourselves, honestly, is what I find in these studies. I find, yeah, I've seen myself doing that. Not to that extent, not been in that king position, but some of these habits, some of these things that that Manasseh finds himself in and rejecting truth— I, I found myself in those in those spots, and the awesome thing is, is God's given us a way to to deal with those situations and to turn from those situations, which is what we're going to talk about. Which I hope ties into Thanksgiving, which you know something we could be thankful for. We have a God who doesn't just leave us. I mean, right. He has every right to, and He didn't. He gave us an opportunity uh, through salvation and through our daily walk with Him to deal with our sins and to deal to pour out His grace on us through forgiving our sins. So I'm excited about it, and uh, hopefully everyone listening will be excited too, and excited about God yeah. and, what, and what we see in Him. We'd love to have you here on Sunday morning. We start at 10.30 a.m., and we'll be talking about King Manasseh, as uh, Pastor Ken has just mentioned. One of the other things that uh, Pastor Ken is involved with and works hard at every week is working with some of our young people mm-hmm. in uh, Heart for Christ. And I wanted to just ask you a little bit about how that ministry works for two reasons. People may have teenage kids like I do who can bring to this, or uh, there's also that idea of just letting them know what we're doing, kind of what our mission is and how we're ministering 
to teenagers. So talk a little bit about the kinds of things you you do, Mm -hmm. uh, the classes you have, when they are, and then also uh, what you're going through in those, through the scriptures. Yeah, Yeah, so um, we meet on Sunday mornings during Sunday school. So when all the other adult Bible fellowships are going on, we actually meet as teens. We are currently in Proverbs. It's been a great journey with the teens. Actually, Proverbs has lent itself to um, the opportunity that these uh, students are actually studying God's Word on their own. I break them up into groups, and they're studying specific verses in the proverb. If the proverb, some of the proverbs uh, are clumped together, like they're speaking on the tongue, or they're talking about wisdom, um, a certain type of wisdom and actions. Some, as as we all know who've read the proverbs multiple times, some are just a, a large group of, of great sayings of truth. And so what we do is we break them up into groups, and uh, they actually study with a leader, and then they share with the rest of the group what they learned, not only what it meant back then, or how can they apply it to them today. And it's been a great journey through it, I think. And, and the students, because God's Word, as we study it, is so applicable to our daily lives. Uh, we were just talking about the tongue and this last Sunday and how it could be a honeycomb. Our words can be a honeycomb and sweetness and good for the soul and the body to those we speak it to. And what teenager, what one of us, actually, yeah. I mean, I often find we say, well, you know, teens struggle with this. But the truth of the matter is I struggle with almost everything they're yeah. struggling with. And so I find myself learning as I'm teaching. But we do, right? We, I remember as a, as a teen, you know, I had to my younger sisters, and they, I don't think my, my words were always uh, honeycomb to them. But hopefully as, as they're reading God's Word and they're seeing uh, the truth of God's Word, and, and hopefully, as Proverbs 1 talks about, they accept it, obey it, and become wise uh, people. And, and wisdom is not tied to age. Yeah. You could be wise in a middle schooler. Yeah. You could be wise in a high schooler. The, the wisdom comes from seeking out the knowledge of God, pursuing that knowledge, and applying that knowledge in obedience. That's what makes you wise. Now, wisdom comes more and more as we grow more and more in it, but they can be wise middle schoolers and teenagers. So we've been, that's where we've been on Sunday school. And then on our Wednesday night program, we sing, and then we've been working through what it is to be a disciple. So actually, might I say, we started that before Pastor Gary right. preached on it three weeks ago when he brought it up. I'm like, right. so hopefully some of the teens were going, wait, I know some of those things. Because yeah. some of the, like four of his main points were four of our our main points. And each week we've been talking about what it is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Last week um, we talked about a disciple of Jesus Christ is morally pure. And uh, the week before that, disciple of Jesus Christ is one who proclaims the gospel. And so we've just been looking at what it is to be a disciple of Christ. Anyone could come in and sit in a pew and listen and walk out. But we want the teens to take and be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so we've been talking through that. And then we'll work through that, and then we'll go over to the gym, have a little bit of free time, let them kind of stretch out and play some basketball and all that for for about 30 minutes or so. And so that's our Wednesday nights. And then we'll have try to do it once a month, depending on the month, it depends on if we're able to pull it off, but we try to do a youth activity, just a wide variety of youth activities for something for them to do. So we do this because these teens are facing things. I mean, the the stress some of them are under, 
whether that's sports, academics, stress they put on themselves uh, by wrong choices, the influences, uh, I've said this often to others my age and older, uh, we had to work really hard to find things that were wrong. We, they weren't readily available. Right. Today's day and age, you either have a phone, your friend has a phone, you type something in, and it's right there right in front of you. That, that was not something we had. We didn't have, I mean, the temptation level is, is so much higher. It's, it's readily av- available. So Satan seems to have the upper hands, quote unquote. I mean, we know he doesn't. Christ has a victory. Yeah. But on the, on the pathways uh, to the, through the eye gate, the ear gate, all of these to our heart and our minds, it seems like he has the upper hand of, of these paths. So we're trying to help them deal with some of that also. And, and there's just a wide variety of things uh, these kids are going through, uh, they've been exposed to already. And, and so we're trying to come alongside and bring the truth of God's Word to them, apply, apply it. We've got great sponsors who help out and able to work with them one-on-one sometimes or one on a smaller group. So we're just praying God will use us here at Harvest to help these teens and their, and their journey through this life because it is a very complicated and difficult life for them to, to navigate through. You mentioned it a little bit earlier that uh, the things they're facing are a lot of the things we're facing. I always think that when people talk about teens and that being a difficult time in life and they're becoming young adults and what they're facing is a lot of things adults face. And adults are often rebellious, just Mm -hmm. like teens are often rebellious. And that doesn't end because you're a teenager. And and so what are, I I, I know at this point in the program, probably what pastor would ask, if you could think of a couple of key burdens, I know that's the word he would use, mm-hmm. a couple of key burdens for ministry to the, the young people you're ministering to, uh, what, would they, what would they be? Maybe what you've already mentioned, but... I'd say some of the key burdens is being able to meet their uh, specific needs and, and have specific conversations. What I mean by that is it's difficult to to minister to each one individually right um we we i believe do a great job reaching them as a as a group through the breaking up into sections like i was saying we do for sunday school and whatnot but uh some of these kids desperately need the individual time and energy and i mean we're averaging you know 60 to to 70 kids sometimes up to 80 90 on wednesday nights and um it's it's difficult. I mean, we don't get to see them often. It's it's hard to 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 interact with them as often as we would like. And um, the neat thing is, is you know, we got people burdened about this. Rhonda Green, very burdened. In fact, this last Sunday, she did, uh, you know, she does a discipleship with our HBBC and the some of the kids she brings, and it's awesome. They're getting some of that one-on-one yeah. time, but we've got a whole bunch of other kids who really could use that that one-on-one time i mean we're working with kids who's um i mean we've had a couple kids whose parents told them they can't come anymore because they're taking this this christian thing too seriously this god thing too seriously this bible thing too seriously and and you know burn for them how do how do we minister to them and we want to be true to god's word and want them to honor and obey their parents um 
And so it's a, there's some difficult times, but these kids are going through some pretty significant issues. Not all of them. Some of them are growing great, man. We got a group that are growing and those need time too and investment. So it's a lot of, some of them don't have the Christian families. Some of them can't go to mom and dad and ask these biblical questions and get biblical answers. And so that's probably a big burden of, of would be one of the top ones is just more people who can help us reach these kids individually on an individual basis because they got individual questions and they need God's word applied individually. So that would be a, a big burden. And then going back to your um, to your statement of you know we as adults, it's it's interesting. I've, we've got these kids, right? We mm-hmm. sit here, we call them kids, we call them teens sometimes. Sure. And some of them are one one uh, semester of school away from all of magically becoming adults. Right. It's like, oh, you're an adult now. Yeah. And uh, so this magic age of 18, and in some people's minds, 17, you know, and da-da-da-da, they're an adult. And, and they're supposed to all of a sudden be wise and make adult decisions. And they're going to be accountable for adult decisions. And that's what's, you know, a little bit of a, a burden for uh, Proverbs, yeah. right? So they're growing in their wisdom now. So, because it's not like they, they, they go to bed, they pillow their head on their 17th, the last day of their 17th year, wake up their birthday for their 18th year, and, and some magical event happens. I mean, we all know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't just appear. So burden that we're preparing, helping. And, and, and by the way, Harvest is unique because we'll ha- we have a handful who's, who come from unsaved families that we want to come alongside, and we want to, with them and the um, the safe families, we want to support the family. We're not here to replace. We're not here to replace. We're here to come alongside and, and help uh, the families in any way we can, help the teens in any way we can. I've had, I've, I've, I've got three of them. I got three yeah. teens. And um, I mean, I rejoice anytime anyone else invests in my teens and shares the truth of God's word with them. I had one guy say, "Was it okay that I said that?" I'm like, "Man, you could have gone like 20 more minutes. I'm okay because he was yeah. he was speaking in the lives of one of my teens." And uh, I'm like, "You could talk all, all day long. I mean, if you want to sure. share the truth and and do that." So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to come alongside, not never replace, but to come alongside and help. Yeah, I had uh, I was listening to someone talk about a conversation they had with their teenage son and. They asked him a question, and he said he wanted to know how to figure something out in his life. And and the dad said, uh, I just figured that out last week. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes you may be the parent or you may be the yep. the sponsor, and you don't have it all figured out either. No. You just help each other. Exactly. That's all you can do and point exactly. each other to his word, hopefully. And that's what it is. God's word yeah. has the answer. Right. God's word has the answer, and that's what we're trying to produce a habit in them that they're seeking God's word for those answers. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, it's an exciting ministry. It's, it's a difficult one some days, um, and, uh, but it's an exciting ministry. God's go- doing a work through Harvest and the, and the youth of this island. Well, thanks for your ministry, and thanks for coming in and uh, being with us on Harvest Time today, Pastor Ken Keith. Well, I want to thank you for listening to Harvest Time as well. At this time of the program, we always invite you personally to services 
over the weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. And we begin Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. We have children's programs, as you heard about our teen program as well, and adult Bible fellowships. And then at 10.30 a.m., you can join us for our morning worship service, which will be in the auditorium. Lessons from King Manasseh from the Old Testament. If you're not sure where to go when you get here, you can stop by our Welcome Center, which is right in front of the auditorium. You can get directions to your class, or you can get directions for your children's classes as well. And you can always find more information at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.